Are you having a hard time proving your worth at the organization? Maybe your other executives or the rest of the company thinks that, hey, marketing is kind of just a joke. It's the arts and crafts department. You know, They're there to do cool stuff where we do all the hard work. You know, I've heard things like that throughout my career. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think marketing drives a lot of business. Where I think marketing falls and falls flat on its face a lot of times is being able to prove that and show their effect on pipeline. How are you driving pipeline? How are you doing it? Like really, how are you doing it? What's the time horizon? How are you helping the sales team? What's going on? So that's today what we're going to talk about. I'm bringing on Greg Howard. He is the VP of marketing at Vivid. And this is one of his passions on how to not only drive pipeline, but show that you did it because it's only going to help you as a marketer. And when you do that, it's going to free up more budget for you to actually help you do some of that experimentation, that creative stuff you want to do. So I absolutely love this episode. If you've listened before, you've heard me go you know, on random tangents about us needing to prove our worth, but I think Greg does a really good job of explaining it on this episode, and I'm excited for you all to listen. But before we get into it, as always, this episode is brought to you by us here at Cave. We're an agency based out of Los Angeles that focuses on social media first, but ultimately growing your business. So if you need help on social, you're like, man, I don't know what TikTok is. That's okay. We'll help you out. Come over to cavesocial.com. Hit that contact us. We'd love to chat. All right. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right, we're back for another episode. I'm sitting here with Greg Howard. He is a VP of marketing at Vivin. Greg, how you doing? I'm great, Jordan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. We got a good little pre-show chat there and to talk all things marketing and particular this is gonna be an episode for listeners. Like I'll just say right now, if you got something else going on, if you're at home, like pull out the pen and pad because we're gonna get into now or in this episode really like understanding your contribution to pipeline and that conversation is so, so important. Before we do that though, Greg. I want to let you set the table for the listeners. Talk to me. Tell me your story. Was it always the plan to be a marketer? Did you want to do something else? Did you fall into it? How did you find your way to Vivian? Walk me through those steps. Yeah, absolutely. I did not plan to be a marketer. I actually became got my first marketing job when I was super, super old, like 30. I uh, spent my 20s getting a PhD in literature and, and my goal was to be a professor of English, but I found that grading all those papers gave me carpal tunnel. I didn't want to live in the middle of nowhere uh, just, just you know, to do very long kind of thankless hours sometimes. And so I started casting my net around to see, well, maybe someone will hire me as a writer. And someone did. And that was my first marketing job. But what I found out in that stint was although content was great and people liked it, the real mission for a marketer needs to be to produce qualified pipeline for sales. And when I kind of reached that insight, I refashioned myself a little bit into a demand gen specialist. And then my career really kind of lifted off from there. I moved from, I was recruited from that company by one of my former bosses there to an uh, early stage startup called App Dynamics, where I was employee number 13. That was eventually sold to Cisco and then allowed me to get to several other startup stints, including at a place called Harness, where I was for three years. And then when I was ready to leave there, one of the investors, John Veronis and Unusual Ventures suggested, you got to talk to this incredible company in my portfolio, Vivin. And so I met with the team. The product actually resonated with me. I, I knew I could do a good job with it. I loved the people I was working with. And I'm like, I'm all in. So I've been there for about a year and a half. All right. Amazing. And what does, let's get kind of like, what does Vivin do? 
Yeah, so we're really the first platform for pre-sales leaders. And pre-sales is also widely known as sales engineering. And what happens with them is they ride shotgun with the account reps who are the quota carrying people that everybody's heard about to run the evaluations and guide the prospect through what they need to know about the product's capabilities is make sure there's a technical fit. So they're half salesperson, half engineer. And it's funny, the reason that I got excited about Vivint is I always knew that the people who were in pre-sales were the smartest people in the room. They knew what was happening to my leads. They knew if my campaigns were gonna work. They knew if an opportunity I generated was gonna close. I actually remember generating an incredible opportunity at Harness for Anaplan. And the rep came back from the meeting saying, yeah, it's, nothing's gonna happen. He wasn't interested. And the SE turned to me and said, oh no, that's gonna close. I could tell that what we had met his needs. And I always knew that those people were the people who could tell me if what I was doing was working. So I was super excited when I found out that they had operationalized pre-sales into an AI-powered platform that enabled the leaders to run their team as a business. I'm like, I get this. I've seen it my entire career. I want to help market this. Now, is there a challenge there of like, or is it an understanding of, you know, you're marketing and selling to sales departments, right? And, and and those people within an org or like, are they pretty hip to the beat and know that they're in a funnel or is it, uh, what's that experience like? I've never, you know, sold it, to those. It's teams. actually interesting. So we're not, because we're not selling to sales reps where you might encounter some of that, you're selling to pre-sales, which there hasn't, no one's built anything for these guys are usually mm -hmm. stuck with the leftovers like Excel spreadsheets and being crammed into a custom field and Salesforce. And so no one's really come to them to say, hey, we've got something which is going to integrate with Salesforce because it's going to make your world a whole lot better and more beautiful. So they're actually pretty excited. I think they like being sold to. And I've run some campaigns where the response has been off the charts simply because these people are excited that someone's tapping on the shoulder and saying, hey, versus Salesforce for the sales reps or Marketo for marketing, we've actually built something for you. Unreal. Exactly. Giving them that solution. Now, I think it, it kind of... Try, or piggybacks nicely into the next topic I want to cover with you, which is like, you know, we hear all the time if you're in B2B or enterprise and you're on a marketing team is like MQLs and we need pipeline and all of these things. But when I first came into marketing, I was like, I kind of thought pipeline was salespeople's jobs. I didn't really know my role in it. I was like leads. I want to pass the mic here to you to just say like, why is it so important or why is it important that marketers understand how they're driving pipeline and what they maybe could do to communicate that internally or to show that internally to make sure that, you know, we get the credit that maybe is due that sometimes might fall to other people in the org. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you have to understand, Jordan, my orientation is an early stage marketer. I've come into, you know, series C in the case of Viv and now series B, but usually up to series C or D, but it's still pretty early. It's not a public company and it's usually in growth mode. And at that stage, Marketing is just a, such a nebulous, undefined, and misunderstood thing that if you're not tying what you're doing to the numbers that matter to the business, I, I think you kind of put your yourself and your team at risk. So it's always kind of priority one for me to come up with number one, a game plan for driving pipeline is 100% not just sales's job. Marketing needs to be a partner to sales and helping produce that pipeline. But secondly, to your point, having a way to kind of demonstrate and show it. So I think the reality is, is that we all know that sales is a really tough job. Those men and women with a target on their back and they have to, they show up to force cast calls and they got a spotlight on them and they have to put up the numbers every quarter. In my view, because marketing's job is to help sales be successful, we kind of have to be the same. And we're not necessarily closing business, but we are putting up those pipeline numbers and we have to show that we can name a target, commit to it, and then meet it. 
every quarter to show that we're at least on parity with our, our colleagues in sales. Yeah, it's interesting, right? When, and this is something that I always battle with, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, is like, I feel like we're so attached to the quarter as the time frame. When in a lot of times, enterprise sales could take a year, could take a year and a half. Like, So I want to know how do we approach things that when we have to have like, like what is the time horizon, right? And everyone listening to this, their business is going to have a different time horizon. But if I come to you and say, I want to start a YouTube series that where then we're going to do this thing and have, you know, demand gen in the blog, but it might take me a year and a half, right? But I got to show the numbers in the quarter. Like how now do I approach that as a marketer? Even though I might believe and there might be a bunch of data that shows me that like, hey, this is a good idea a year from, you know, but it might materialize over maybe a longer time horizon than the internal or standard you know, time frame in which we're really marketing or measuring performance. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, I think you've got a series of campaigns, call it like a stock portfolio index. The ones you know are going to produce and deliver within that quarter's time frame as best you can. Let me give you one example, because when I joined Vivin, I actually joined during the pandemic. It, it just sort of started. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have field marketing. I'm in trouble. That's usually been 35% of my pipeline. But I started talking to some colleagues of mine and kind of looking around. I realized this concept of the virtual event could have legs. And so I worked with a whiskey distillery to ship out bottles of whiskey to people who had signed up for this event. They received them in advance. We ran a Zoom call with 20 or 30 people on the line, walked them through the whiskey samples, and then did a demo of Vivin. And this became one of my top performing campaigns, outperforming physical field marketing events by a mile, particularly since it only cost a couple grand to run them and that the pipeline return was, was incredible, like 200, 300%. And so we're still doing them, by the way. They're still performing. But that's just an example of something that you know is going to deliver in the quarter because you, you've done it, you've tested it, you've proven it. Then you've got little science experiments that you're running on the side that may not deliver in the quarter. And you're doing that because you always have to test new campaigns. You and I talked about this before the call. Just like you, my company runs a podcast and we do very similar to what you do. We reach out to pre-sales leaders. We talk to them. We're not selling to them. We're just getting their thoughts. We're getting their thought leadership. We're merchandising that on social media channels. And it's a science experiment for us. So it's been very successful, but it's not one that I attach a pipeline number to. It's one that I'm just running over time to see if that can become one of my best performing players, just like my virtual events are. Yeah, it's so true. You have to, you really do have to have that mix, right? Of like the old faithfuls, the things we can call on that we know are going to generate whatever that is, events, ABM, running CPC, and then having that other bit that is really for experimentation. Because if you go full gung-ho and all you do is emerging media, right? You're going to see the pipeline's going to break pretty quickly. Um, if you're like, we're just a TikTok company, that's all we do. But on the flip side of that, if you're just like, all we run is cost per click advertising on AdWords, that's all we do because that's all we've ever done. Now you're not experimenting. You're not building up a base that's going to help you in that emerging media maybe becomes the mainstream and the main medium when it comes to like, you know, driving performance. So I love that that thought and like having the people buy in to go, okay, we need to have a little bit of experimentation. Let's not tie pipeline to it, but we know we believe in it. It's going to be good for the brand. And something that's interesting there when we talk about brand is I always say this too on like, depends where your company is in its life cycle for where you start to go, right? With like, if you're early, early stage, it's like, let's get leads in the door. Let's find leads that get in. We need to move the money dial now. Like it needs to happen. Where yeah, Geico can afford to fly a blimp over a stadium, right? <laughs> right? And I think it's sometimes easy for marketers when they see other companies or they see Fortune 500 or they see Salesforce doing a giant thing and they go, oh, 
we need to be doing those things and, and we need to copy them, but they're at such a different point in their life cycle, right? So I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on that, on like when you come in, maybe, you know, from a series A to someone who, you know, when Cisco acquires you or when you get to these D's and E's, have you seen that the brand plays increase with the funding or with the growth? Or do you kind of have that old, does that mix of maybe um, the old faithful slash experimentation, does that ratio stay the same as you scale? You're spot on there. I mean, you definitely, when you come in and again, living with seed stage, it's like, here are the four campaigns. Here's how much they cost. Here's how they're going to produce. And that's my plan. And that's very different from, you know, I have stayed at a couple companies long enough where I'm like starting to spec out billboards on 101, which is not something I expect to return any kind of amount on, but we've all just decided to do a, a brand play or you're buying radio spots or you're, you know, I've never done anything like a TV commercial, but you start to think in those terms. And even AW AWS, my last company, Harness, is now doing this gigantic Star Wars party there, which is probably going to cost a couple hundred thousand dollars. And that's you're going to get a lead flow out of that. But that's also a brand building exercise to win the hearts and minds of developers. And it's kind of fun when you get to the point where your marketing budget has just, I don't want to call it slush, but it's got just enough flexibility that you can start to do those things that people are excited about, people are encouraging to do. There doesn't necessarily have to be a return on it. That's not where you live in series A or B. I think if you come in doing that stuff, you're not going to last very long. And there's a part that crosses over both, right? From brand and when we look at performance, and that is internal pride of the team. And I think that when you put up a billboard or if we've had a TV spot run, my team is, they're proud, right? There We put the big ad campaign. They're proud that they did the creative. They're proud of the, the grind that it took to cast people and do all that. But on the flip side of that, or in conjunction more so, is we internally need to be proud. And when we're able to show that we drove pipeline and we're affecting the bottom line of the business and we know that and we communicate it, it can also be a sense of pride internally. We're not seen as the arts and crafts department and we're able to go, yeah, we helped. Like we're pushing this, you know, we're here helping push, aiding the sales team. I think that's something too that, you know, maybe he's not talked about a lot, but that internal motivation from the team, when we have the ability to recognize how we're helping or how we can be proud of our work, that can go a long way too. And that just kind of popped up right now, but it's something that I definitely think can be true. It's a great point, Jordan. I think my team, there's two things. My team is sick of me here to talk about pipeline because I do it on the call. <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessarily why they went into marketing. They went in to be creative and to think about big, fun things. And we talk about all those things, but only in relation to how we're helping sales. But at the same time, exactly to your point, because we have a number and we've actually signed up for a certain contribution to sales pipeline, we've said we are going to accomplish this. And now let's track our progress over time. And by the way, here's the Salesforce dashboards that show whether we're succeeding or failing. When we hit those numbers and we've actually done it, it is a great feeling because then they know that they are valued, that they are contributing to the company's bottom line and what they're doing makes an impact. And that I think can take away the pain of me yapping about pipeline and all our team meetings for the entire quarter. <laughs> no, I feel you. Uh, Greg, this has been a lot of fun, man. Now, before I let you go, anybody who wants to find out more about Vivin or connect with you online, where should they head? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me and Vivin is V-I-V-U-N.com. Uh, you can come check it out. We just released a new product called Eval, which helps sales reps run evaluations better and close business faster. So it's definitely worth your time. Amazing. And I'll put links to both those in the show notes page. Greg, thanks again for coming on the show. It was great talking to you, Jordan. Have a great day. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um.